Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing, all you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Every now and then you'll hear a little bit of a fact that will change your life, the trajectory of your life, or a habit forever. I think I told you guys years and years ago, we used to have um, Adam Murphy in here who was a, what do you call him, a restaurant reviewer, mm-hmm. right? He was like, he's like an investigative reporter for a local news station. And he also used to go from uh, restaurant to restaurant. And the restaurants that didn't do so well with their health score, he would go in there and barge in there as a TV guy, barge in there with the cameras going, hey, why do you guys suck, man? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you guys scored a 45 this week on uh, one of 100. How is that even possible? He would confront the manager. It would be all tense. We would play the audio. But he told me one time that never put fruit in your drink. Ever, ever, ever. And at that point, I was a vodka soda with a lime guy every single time I would drink. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, they are so nasty. There's so much bacteria on fruits that they don't wash off. So it goes basically from like the farm to the truck to the bar. And you can't really count on the bar back to clean off the fruit also. So what's in the soil and the fertilizer and manure and all that is going into your drink. I have never ordered a drink with fruit in it ever again since then. He's like, you just might as well just wipe it on your butt and just take a bite out of your drink. (laughs) (laughs) So I never did that. Cassie came in, I believe, with one of these this morning. Yes, today I am wearing in-ear headphones instead of over-the-head head headphones, which sounds weird, but you know, when you think of radio DJs, you wear those big over-the-head cans. The cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is weird, by the way. I feel naked on the air without that, like, head covering. Welcome to my world. Thank you. I think but- Ryan Seacrest has been doing it for years because he's got so many different videos. He was one of the first to have the studio filled with videos, and he didn't want the big old cloggy headphones, so he started going to those. I always loved them. I thought they looked cool, but I was on the old ticker talk <laughs> scrolling, and I like to video game, so I see gamer content from time to time. So I'm scrolling and then a video pops up with all these gamers who wear headphones for extended periods of time, like radio DJs. Mm -hmm. And I saw this. The headphones dent the head of the gamers. And this guy is not the only one. There are compilations of gamers taking off their headphones and shaving their heads, and they all have a divot, like a dent in the middle of their head where their headphones sit. Come on. Ooh, right? Is it the top part? Top. Or, yes. Or, yeah. So it's not the ear part that nah. presses in no. over the ears. Look at the dent in the top of the nah, head. How small was my man's headphones? Oh, Do you see? But uh, So I saw that and I was like, eh, only one. Weird freak case. No, it's like all of them are shaving their heads. Now, I think these guys probably wear their headphones like 14 hours a day. I think they're like pro gamers. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Right. I couldn't I couldn't stop touching my head trying to feel for a dent, and I'm convinced <laughs> I have one. I'm convinced there's a little divot right here, and it's driving me nuts. Mo, you are staring at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I am. I am crazy, but I can't stop fixating on it, so... Now we have different headphones. <laughs> so is, but physically, I mean, that's just an aesthetic thing. Sure, you're going to have a little old dent in your head, but it's not like, it's not caving into your brain or anything. No, no, you still have your uh, skull, but okay. at the same time, like, I don't want to become a gutter when it rains, like water's pouring <laughs> off the side, you know? I want my shiny dome. <laughs> and it just, like, the thought of something, all, like, modifying yeah. that way without my consent, even though I'm the one putting it on every morning, I just couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah, this one won't have the same effect for me. I don't care if I have a dent in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. Must be nice to not wake up at two a.m. and like some scalp massage yourself because you're convinced you have a dent. And you're afraid it's not gonna. Like, what if I get a wonky haircut? What if I got bangs and it throws off the bangs somehow because there's a divot in my head? Again, they are wearing these probably yeah, right. fourteen hours a day. Whereas for us, we wear headphones like at you know twelve minute chunks mm-hmm. and then take them off, put them on, take them off, put them on. Stop. But over the years, the I'm wondering, I mean, yeah, you're right, because yeah, I, I see what you're saying about the math on it. Yeah. But I mean, when you put it together of all the years that we've done the show, I mean, you put together your 12 years, 12 years now on the show? Yeah, but I, like I said, I've been rocking the in earbuds for, I mean, 
four or five years. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear definitely a lot of headphones, too. I definitely have a dent already. I can you feel do? it. Nah, yeah. you're, but, no, I can feel it because it's. I have like a hump back here. <laughs> Are you sure that's not like a bump it? No. <laughs> yeah, it's just that natural southern jeans coming back. <laughs> Mo's got the most to lose here because you really do have a very pretty head. Your head well, looks normal. You. It's very round, but... And if, if we were to see a hump on anybody, it would be Mo because his huh? hair is so close. That's yeah. true. Closely shaven. I, I saw... Uh, wait, turn to the side? No, no. See, don't do that to no. me. Oh, I see it no, now. You know, don't that. do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You think you gotta pay the barber more? You gotta. <laughs> you gotta dig it. gotta go down into the canyon. It's like a skate park yeah. film. <laughs> hey y'all, it's Katie here from the Bird Show. Pride unites us all, and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and the Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival, Charlotte FC, with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Are you looking for excitement in Atlanta? Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. The Burt Show. All right, Rebecca. <sighs> burning bridges after a nightmare, nightmare bachelorette weekend. Get the kindling. It's over. <laughs> it's all on fire. It's all going down. Bachelorette, like, ruining bachelorette parties seem to be the theme over the last week on the, sh- on the show. They really have been. Yeah. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, scale of 1 to 10, wh- how bad of a nightmare was this bachelorette party? Now that it's been like two days, I feel like it's probably an 8.5. Wow. Is this one the one, and maybe I'm mixing up stories here, that you almost invited yourself on? No, that was my best friend who's a dude. Okay. Yeah, this is a girl. Um, She's always been kind of one of my like second tier friends, but we're good friends Mm -hmm. and she's getting married. So she invited me on her bachelorette trip to New Orleans and I was really excited to go. It was a really small group of girls going, and we were going to go from Thursday 
and come back on Sunday. Just um, for context, do you know all the girls in this group? Are you all tight or was it just like, let's go, <laughs> different mishmash. personalities? Yeah, I know one girl who is my close friend. Everybody else I've never met before. One girl and the bride. Yes. Okay. Yes. So everything was cool. Thursday, we come down. We play our bridal games. We're all getting a little drunk. We're having a good time. Friday, everything's good again. We're wearing our stupid little T-shirts on Bourbon Street. And they'd force me to wear a weird little Amazon wig. Everything's cool. Oh, penis straw. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best party ever. <laughs> yep. Save that. Got it. Save Got it. it. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very that. So context this was a combined bachelor and bachelorette party, which I think in hindsight mm. is a huge, huge mistake. That's the so, thing? Yeah. Yes. Mm. So the bride and groom had their bachelorette, bachelor party at the same time in the same city. Yes. And the, the bride's party was like eight girls. Okay. The bachelor party was 15 guys in oh a huge warehouse Airbnb, Airbnb <laughs> somewhere. But we were only supposed to meet the guys for one night, and that was Friday night. So we all do our little bridal shenanigans, and we show up, meet them, go out. Everything is so cool. We're having such a fun time. Everyone's getting drunk. I do a little karaoke. Bring the house down. <laughs> I saw then, the video. She really did. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, did. I love karaoke. <laughs> um, then the bride starts to get a little bit too drunk, mm -mm. which is what you do on your bachelorette party. No one cares about that. I wasn't at the bar because I was trying for once in my life to like actually like watch my drinking a little bit. But obviously the bachelor party was kind of plying her with drinks, making sure she always had something in her hand. 1.30 comes around. We're like, okay, it's time to actually, like, get out of here. The bride needs to go home. She's <laughs> We're not assuming this is in the morning. 1.30 in the morning. Because yes. <laughs> in, yeah. in yes. New Orleans, you really have to say, I think. Because yeah, you can start turning at 7. Uh -huh. Yes, 1.30 in the morning. But we'd been going all day. We tell the bride it's time to go home. The fiancé says, please lie to her and tell her that I'm going home too. So she feels like she can go home. We tell her that. And she makes a run for it down Bourbon Street. <gasps> <No>. <laughs> we chase her, get her into the Uber. By this point, she's hysterical. She's become pretty belligerently drunk. So she was trying to run away from you guys as to not go home? Yes. <laughs> so, I feel like I've been that guy. <laughs> so to, to envision, it basically looks like you're kidnapping a woman in a veil and shoving her in an Uber <laughs> and taking her to some, like, special location. A warehouse. Not far off, literally. Not, not far off because I had her arms and my friend had her ankles and we were just shoving her into the Uber. And she's kicking and screaming? Oh, absolutely. Okay. She is... Yelling, crying, crying, upset, asking for her fiance. And that's Bourbon Street. I'm sure it's not even out the ordinary. Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's like an everyday thing. No one's blinking. This to me <laughs> is not the problem. Like, I kind of expected this knowing her. But we get to the Airbnb, our little tiny Airbnb. And I am the one who basically has to take care of her, put her in bed, rip her shoes off, make sure she's okay. And she just doesn't go down. Like, you think that once, you know, if, if you've been up for an hour and a half, kind of belligerent, you think you're going to pass out at some point. You're going to tire out at yeah. least. She she is not going down, and I'm doing my best, like, very soothing kindergarten voice. I understand. She's like She's a villain in a movie that won't die. Exactly. It just keeps coming back. So I lay her down. I think she's good now. Five minutes later, she hops up. She's got all of her stuff packed. She exits the the Airbnb. We have to chase her. Again, she has called her fiance, who at this point in 3.30 in the morning, picks her up, brings her back to his apart, his Airbnb, and we think the night's over and everything is good. And we're all just going to get a little apology next day. Sorry, I got a little too drunk. We're going to be like, it's fine, girl. Hair of the dog. Let's go to a spa. It's fine. <laughs> next morning, we get a text from the sister-in-law. Please respect, this is a fake name, Shana's privacy. She will not be coming back to the Airbnb. <gasps> she is flying out this morning. Do not contact her. What? So she's ma super mad at you, oh, you guys? Or is she just super embarrassed? We have no idea. So wait, so that was Friday night. So you're talking all <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. 
she she misses the rest of her bachelorette party, and you guys are there in New Orleans for her. We never see her again. <laughs> wow. Oh, God forbid you tried what? to stop a drunk woman running around alone in New Orleans at 1.30 in the morning. That's the end of your friendship. But we don't know what it is. I mean, it might be temporary, like Kristen said. She just might be so super embarrassed. Although, th- that. If I'm with a group of my really, really close friends, yes, I mean that's like not a big deal, and I'm not, I'm not embarrassed by that. Maybe for the night. We don't know if she's mad or embarrassed because she didn't respond to our texts. So you did try contacting her, even though sister-in-law said don't. Everyone, of course, everybody's <laughs> calling her. Has anybody talked to her since? Her. So on Monday, she just texted all of us and said, "I'm sorry," and that's it. Whoa. Oh, so That's she everything. is embarrassed. She's embarrassed. That's what it is. She's just super embarrassed. She, uh, yeah, that would be my guess, but wow. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I spent all this money. Look at my skin. <laughs> New Orleans broke it out, and now she's gone. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. He went to go see a movie about the creation of the most destructive weapon in history of mankind, but got a little freaked out when he saw some boobs on the screen. He went to go see Barbie? (laughs) (laughs) No, the other one, you know, with the big explosion, the boom Oppenheimer. Got it, got it. So Rebecca has brought a very interesting TikTok to the table where a woman is talking about going to go see Oppenheimer with her husband, but saying that they would get really freaked out anytime they would see nudity on the screen. Yeah, so it's an interesting thing that's happening with Gen Z. They're like freaky, but in the wrong way. <laughs> and you say this because you are one? No, I. so I call myself a zillennial. Katie and I are zillennials because we're right on the cusp at the end of millennial hmm. and right when Gen Z kind of starts. Okay. Zillennial. Okay. Zillennial. Yeah, I like that. I think it has a ring to it. Katie hates it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. I stay on Twitter still, unfortunately. And Gen Z has this really weird problem with any sort of nudity or graphic scene in any movie. They think it doesn't further the plot. They think it's unnecessary, and they're kind of puritines, is mm-hmm. what I call them. Puritines. You are rolling today. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, Rebecca sent me this clip from this woman who was explaining basically what's going down in her marriage, where she's like, we talk about any kind of nudity or any kind of graphic scenes before we even go to the movie theater. I research everything before we watch it, but especially this movie. But obviously my husband and I talk about everything. If we go anywhere or we go see anything, even if it's a concert, movie, um, an event, we have a game plan. What if you get triggered? What if I get triggered? Really the problem is what if I get triggered? Because I don't want my night to be ruined by being triggered by something on a screen. What we did was when the scene came up, when things were happening, he literally closed his eyes and laid his head on my shoulder. I would just like let him know whenever it was over. And it literally, I will tell you what right now, took nothing away from the story. Him not looking at the screen did not change the storyline, did not change anything. Well, I'm curious and I want to delve in more because I want to know, like, so why is watching a sex scene in a movie triggering? Yeah, I don't know what is in her past that that would be. It's his past. I I believe he suffers from an addiction to watching things online in this instance. That's what I've seen at least. But for the rest of the Gen Z, obviously not everyone suffers from that. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so I I mean, I think think Gen Z is becoming a little bit more... um, intentional about what they're watching. I think because we have grown up with so much media over the years that I, I I can see how we would be a little bit more conscious, but I think it's a very specific instance with this particular woman and her husband. Yeah, I mean, it's only recently the last couple of years that we've given trigger warnings out on the show when mm-hmm. we know that we're going to talk about something that might be very triggering, right? But this is still fairly new. In that specific case, I totally understand why they'll go through the plot of a movie and see if there's going to be any sex scenes, any nudity, because it is very triggering for him. When I saw it yesterday, I thought it was completely and total, totally overreactionary because I thought maybe it had something to do with jealousy or it's not respectful to see anybody else without clothes on. And I thought that was overreactionary. But in hearing the story mm-hmm. and the history, it, it sure makes sense to hey me. Hey, guys, just a note, um, a trigger warning. I, you can see me from like the neck up. 
I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> well, it's the neck up part that's triggering for me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Katie. <laughs> so an important lesson that context is very important. Yeah, but a, a lot of people were like, well, why is, is she triggered? Obviously, if he suffers from an addiction, mm. but what's really going on with her? Okay, there's a new artist covering Drake tracks, and people are saying he might be even better than Drake himself. 21, can you do something for me? 21, can you do something for me? 21. So this is Drake's five-year-old son, okay. Adonis. All right. All right. I'm like, where are yes. we going with this? I'm glad you said that was his son before I gave him my opinion. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead, crit- critique the five-year-old, no, no, though. I'm going to leave him alone. Yeah, like, so I want to be kind, but I don't know if it's possible. Uh-oh. If that was a 26-year-old, what would you have said? Uh, it was trash. <laughs> and he should, he should stop. But this, because it's his son, it's okay. That's how I sound when I'm rapping in the shower. 21. <laughs> it's very accurate. But he's been sharing all these really cute home videos. I guess he saw him for the very first time in concert, his son. And ever since then has been like at home, rapping Rich Flex and doing a really cute job That's with cute. it. a monumental moment between like a parent and a kid for your kid to see you doing what you do best. It's like, you know, especially with Drake and being on stage, like that has to be such an awesome moment for the kid to be in awe of what your parent's doing and also for the parent to have your kid witness that. Did you ever experience that with Hayden and Hollis? I was communicating with Tommy, so oh. what's the question? As far as like um, like your kid seeing you do something um, special and big for like the first time. I know my kids have never been impressed with me. Okay, good to know. <laughs> like the first time they ever came into the studio and saw you doing like your radio thing, they weren't impressed? Uh, I, I think it was just so overwhelming, but probably so. Okay. They were way more impressed when I used to tell them that I fought crime at night <laughs> when they were sleeping, and that's why I had a samurai sword, sword on the wall. That was really huge. That was huge. Got it. So let me ask you this. I'm going to, let's compare. If you had all day long, all day long, as a punishment to listen to Drake's son rap right here, okay? 21, can you do something for me? 21, can you do something for me? <laughs> or our intern, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Go! Oh, you shoot me! How many rices in a bowl of rice? How many rices in a bowl of rice? That's a one million, so cut the price. It's almost like a contraceptive device. In other words, okay, no, that's it's not, not nice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good. 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 All right. Yeah. It's your punishment for the day. You have to listen to one over and over and over for 24 hours. Which one are you choosing? Drake's son don't sound so bad right now. Give me the five-year-old all day. We're all going with Drake's son. It's all perspective. (laughs) Easy. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky, welcome baby number two. I'll tell you what reports are saying about the name and gender on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. I think a lot of men take a lot of pride in being the provider of the family, right? Maybe there's some power in that also. If you're the one bringing in more money, maybe it plays to a dude's ego. But for for most guys, that's a safe place right there to be the one making the money, right? So when it's challenged and you get into a relationship where a woman is making more than you, some guys feel like it's emasculating, right? So we get this email from a Burt Show listener that is wondering when she should break this news to her boyfriend that she's probably making way more than dude is making. Um, I think you're going to be surprised by the email because I read it ahead and it's not what you think it is. Okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> so is that what we do in radio? I mean, I'd like to. (laughs) (laughs) Something new. (laughs) Read the emails before we're on the air. See, that's why you're sitting on these convention panels now. You know what? Cutting edge idea. And just give me that Marconi now, baby. (laughs) Uh, Dear Bird Show, help me settle a debate, which turned into an argument with my friends. My friends know that I make pretty good money. However, they can't understand why my boyfriend, who I live with, pays a larger share of our bills, okay? Well, when uh, he convinced me to move in with him, he told me that since he made more, he would pay more for everything. Well, now I do earn more than he does, but that is because I have a second job. It was my hobby and has become pretty profitable. As far as he knows, it's just a hobby, nothing more. He wasn't the least bit supportive of the idea of me turning it 
He wasn't. He wasn't the least bit supportive of the idea of me turning it into a business and thought I was being ridiculous. So I just kind of started doing it behind his back. It's not easy. Takes quite a bit of work on top of my regular nine to five. So I feel that if he wasn't supportive of me doing this in the first place and didn't think it would make any money, I see no reason why he should benefit from it. Am I wrong? <laughs> okay, that is different than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Anybody she, want in on this early? one eight five five Bircha. Yeah, She's essentially hiding income from her boyfriend. Now, I can't say I don't I don't blame her because he was dismissive of what she wanted to do and didn't give her the proper support. And if you're in a loving relationship, like you're you're going to be honest, but you're going to be supportive. Like, you know, my husband has no problem like sharing concerns like he, he troubleshoots everything. To a fault. <laughs> and I'm like, can't we just have fun? Um, so he, he troubleshoots everything, but that's very much the logical side of his brain. And he wants to make sure he covers all bases and thinks of anything that could go wrong. So, I, you know, if that was the case, sure. But then if this is something you're very passionate about and your heart's in it, then the person that you are with who loves you should want to support you. So I, I don't blame her for hiding this income. At the same time, you have all this extra income and your boyfriend is still paying the same amount and supporting you. <sighs> I, I, it, it feels like, and I know more you say this all the time, even though we are the, we are the show that are like, two wrongs do make right. Um, <laughs> two I wrongs think, make good ratings is what we mean. There you, there you go. <laughs> Preach. Um, I do feel like two wrongs don't make a right here. And I, it's not that you're going to shove it in his face, but I think you are forthcoming. If, if you're going to see longevity in this relationship, then I think you call him out and be like, it would have been really nice for you to have been more supportive. I am making X, Y, Z now. And I think it's only fair that we split the bills evenly. Sorry, Mel, go ahead. I agree. I, I think, um, I mean, I get the pettiness in it. I do. Because he didn't support you, I completely get feeling like I don't, now I don't owe you anything for that reason. But like Kristen said, if you're going to be in a supportive and loving relationship, I don't think that's the way to go about it. I would probably rub it in his face and remind <laughs> him that you didn't believe in me and look what it's become. But because he was willing to go the extra mile to support you when he had it, I think it's only right that you return that now that you do. I love when you guys call in early. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for taking the time and calling in. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Okay, where are you standing on this? All right, so I have a side hustle. I do artwork on the side. I do portraits, and I'm just a local artist out of where I live. And my husband knows about it, and he doesn't make it a point to, like, include it into our, like, household income. Like, he's totally supportive of me doing it as a hobby. He's supportive of it being a full-time job. So I think she should just sit on it. <laughs> I think you make that money, sit on it. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you guys this. Does it change the texture of the conversation if this was an OnlyFans page that he morally had an issue with? Ooh. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, for sure. If It's something like, I, I feel like that's a completely different conversation. Okay. And I was going to ask, does it change the conversation if he was the one that had a side hustle? Like, if you put yourself in his shoes, like, would you want to know if there was all this additional income coming in? And you know, like, it's not that they're just boyfriend, girlfriend. I know they're not married. So, like, things haven't, like, finances haven't intertwined. But you are cohabitating together. You're mm -hmm. living together and you're sharing bills. So there has to be some disclosure of finances. I don't think hiding things from each other um, is is healthy. I say keep your money secret. I I think you need to build up a fund. Somebody like that who doesn't support your hobbies, I think you got to be careful around. Now you know them better. What I would do, though, is insist on paying half. I would say, I've, I, you know, this is not fair for you to carry me, knowing I'm making the mm -hmm. money, and I would insist on paying half, and then I could feel morally good about he and I splitting the bills, and I've got my own fund in the back that if we get married, then he can know Man, about. I would respect that a lot if she did that. Just came straight up and said, I'm paying my way now. Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome. The Burt Show. All right, Mo, you've been waiting on some results, some very exciting, hopefully, results that could change one kid's life forever. Man, yeah. your face is so hard to read. <laughs> trying to be uh, stoic. I'm trying <laughs> to keep it from y'all. Yeah, last week was my, my moment of truth. 
because of I've I've told you guys about this journey of where I've decided to try to become a big brother, a part of the Big Brother program. And for those who may not know, what that is is basically you are assigned a little who may need some extra assistance or some help, some guidance, some direction in life, and you utilize your experience and the things that you have uh, accomplished in order to try to do so. And it was something that came about after our last Burt's Big Adventure trip when I bonded with one of the BBA kids, Landon, and it just did something for me that I, I couldn't really put into words, but it's just no better feeling than feeling like you actually have been a part of, of someone's life and been able to help them. So with me not having kids yet, I'm like, maybe this is a, a good step in the right direction to trying to get that feeling. And I think your motivation also, um, if you want to admit it or not, is certainly has to do with your origin story on when you were younger, you needed somebody in your life to as a role model, a male role model, and you went a while without one. I did. My uh, my father and I didn't have the greatest relationship when I was younger. We really didn't have a, a good relationship until I got older. And uh, he, he wasn't around. And when he was around, it was pretty abusive. So I, I remember, I guess, just what that did to me and what that did for my life. And, I, and you're right. I always kind of look back on when I was in those impressionable years. And if I had someone I could kind of look up to, give me some guidance, who knows who I, where I, I probably, I feel like I was a late bloomer. Because I didn't have what I really needed in the beginning, and I had to figure it out on my own. You'd have ended up on a way better sh show than this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Who knows, right? But um, so, yeah, so I, I decided to go through the process, which was a, a very long process where I had to do interviews, and I had to do training. And um, I knew that after, it was about three weeks of going through all of the different steps, um, a two-hour interview, which was which the longest interview I ever had in my life, but obviously it's for good reason, and they, they want to make sure that they're not only um, bringing the right person into the program, they want to make sure that they're capable of matching you with the right little. So after I did the training and after I did the interview, it was just a waiting process of figuring out what's next and what's going to happen, and so they kind of left me with like, all right, well, you're done. Congratulations. You've completed it all. We're going to go through all of, you know, all of your stuff. We're going to reach out to all, get the references and all of that, right? And I was just waiting. So it was kind of weird because for some reason I wasn't nervous at all throughout the entire process. I was just kind of like motivated. I was inspired to just do it. But then when I knew I was done and all that was left was for them to make a decision, <laughs> that's when for some odd reason I started to feel nervous. <laughs> do you want to call them back and go, you know that one thing that I said? <laughs> I didn't mean that. What I meant was blank. So they would accept you. <laughs> I did think about that. I was like, ah, oh, did I say the right thing? Because you got to like really stand. You got to, you're in front of people and you have to give all of the, the things you would do in all of these different scenarios. And there were times when me not being a parent, I'm like, I don't know if that was the right thing. <laughs> so are you waiting on a phone call? Are you waiting on an email? Is it going to be like you get an email and... Like, you're going to open it and find out if you got accepted to some big university. You know how when the, like, right before high school graduates are sitting in front of their computer and they get the email and they open it. And like, has that been accepted? Like, what are you waiting on? I've heard that they do it in singing telegrams. <laughs> <laughs> right in the office. <laughs> Only for the special people, not for me. Uh, I wish it was the way, like, back in the day when you would get the envelope and you had to open it. That's I, I appreciated that. But no, it was an email. So I knew... When I logged into my email like that, I was going to see Big Brother program, and that was going to be the moment of like, okay, do I got to go through this process again? What's going to happen? Did they accept me? And sure enough, I uh, it's funny because I saw it, but I was like right in the middle of filming my music video, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what the news was going to be. So I just waited. Good I was, for you. You know, I was like, I don't want this to dis dis disturb what I'm doing right now. So I I saw it. And I waited. And because it was on my phone, all I saw was the subject line. And it was like news from the Big Brother program. So I'm like, so now it's in the back of my head the entire time, but I'm trying to push it off. So I ended up waiting until the next day. I went back into the email. I opened it. And they accepted me. Yay! <laughs> I'm not shocked. I got to be honest with you. No, I'd have been shocked if you said, nah, they said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd had a meeting on that. How are we going to break this one on the air? Exactly. Right? So they uh, they accepted you. Do they already have a little they want to pair up with you? They or? do. Nice. They have a potential little. So, yeah, they accepted me. I reached back out to them, and then they told me on Wednesday uh, with tomorrow. So tomorrow I have a another interview upon who the little is and if, if we're going to if we're gonna actually give me this little, and do I think it'll work, and, and we move on from there. It was a quick process. I didn't think they would give me a little this fast. So I'm excited to find out more about them. So do you talk to the parents first? Do you sit down with them and then they get a feel if you're right 
Oh, are, are their parents involved? How does that work? I believe uh, what happens first is it's me and speaking to someone from the program, a representative from the program, and then we figure out if I'm a good fit or not yet. And then once we decide yes on that, then we go and we'll speak to the parents and we start to move forward with the process. Congrats, man. Thank Yay. you. I appreciate it. I'm very excited. I, I can't think of anything more important than changing the trajectory of a kid's life, dude. That's it's a great feeling. freaking huge, man. Thank you. Congrats. I appreciate it. The Burt Show. Let me ask you guys a question that I'm pretty sure we're all going to answer the same way. Um, Now, growing up, who in here played sports, athletics, uh, in team sports, individual sports, just about everybody, right? I played basketball for the longest time, and I also did softball. I did tennis. Okay. Basketball, football, and boxing. I was a baseball guy. I was a cheerleader. It kind of counts. Okay. I don't know if this one's going to apply to you, but check it out. So um, over the weekend, I know you guys don't dig soccer, maybe you don't follow sports or whatever, but it was a very big deal. The Women's World Cup final happened over the weekend, right? And Spain won for the very first time. In fact, it's the first time that their country has won any major trophy on the women's side. Congratulations. The men's side kicked ass for years and years, and the women have caught up, right? Mm-hmm. And they beat England, won nothing. And the woman that scored the goal was a woman named Olga Carmona, right? Big old deal, man. She was the hero of the game. After the game, after the match, they win one nothing. She's celebrating with all of her teammates. Major high moment, right? Because she scored the only goal of the game. The goal that got them the win. Puts her in the record books in Spain. She will never have to pay for paella ever again. (laughs) In that country. That I assure you. Okay. Well, shortly after the game, she finds out that her dad had passed away. Oh, gosh. The Federation had to tell her, like, hey... This is going to be an emotional day for you here. Hey, thanks for everything, but we got to tell you that your dad passed away. Apparently, he was suffering from an illness for a while and died like hours before the match. Wow. So the question here is... So he didn't even get to see her win No, no, right? It's tragic. So the question here is, if you are the manager of that team or you're the president of the federation, do you have a responsibility to tell her what's going on with her dad before that match? Mm. Or do they do the right thing by waiting? until after the match. I would want to think what is in the best interest of the athlete because regardless, she's got to play this game, you know, no matter what's going on. And so I wouldn't want to put my athlete in a position where she's like dealing with this emotional trauma and then having to go out on the world stage and deal with this game. So honestly, I think the right call was to wait until after the game. She doesn't have to play. I mean, she. I mean, she, technically, she doesn't have to play. Well, it's then, her decision if she wants to like walk away and be at, be with her family. Well, then she has to move out of the country. Well, then probably. <laughs> <laughs> no free for you. Ma, what do you do? It's funny because I, I feel like if I'm the player, I. I, I wouldn't be mad if you didn't tell me because I want to go out there and play this game without that being on the back of my mind. But at the same time, if I'm not the player and I'm looking at it from the outside, it feels so selfish. To, to not tell that you have this information and you know this is true, but to just keep it to yourself because you want your player to be at their best, something about it just feels icky to me. I don't know why. That's And that's what I'm struggling with right now. Like So this wasn't like a, a sudden death. He had been suffering from an illness for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So she, they know that this is imminent. Um, so if there was like conversations beforehand and she and her father had had conversations and she's going into this game and there was some kind of understanding, then okay. But if the team knew this and they were like, we need our best player, we need her out there, we can't tell her this because she could be, you know, clutch in us taking home this trophy, then that feels a special kind of icky. It does. Unless everybody was on the same page. Like if anything does happen, we're going to withhold that information until after the game. All right. So just in the interest of debate here, because you brought it up. So let's say he wasn't suffering from an injury or a life-threatening illness for a long time. And it was a car accident six hours before the match. And he immediately passes away. Do you tell her then? I'm trying to put myself in her shoes, which is actually easy to do since I've lost my dad. Um, and you've played in a World Cup? Yes. I mean, I, I, <laughs> have I forgotten to tell you guys about that? Yeah, yeah, you did. In 12 years, I never told you guys about the World Cup I played in? You wear the medal every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, she's trained her whole life yeah. for this. So that's my thing is if she's sitting here training and this is her career and this is like the defining moment, if her dad were 
dying, like he got in the car wreck and he was still alive, I would be like, go immediately. We'll get you a helicopter, like on the field. Let's go. But there's nothing you can do. If I I, I don't want to know. Absolutely not. I wouldn't want to know until after the match because chances are pretty good, at least in our world, that he was part of me getting to where I was Mm -hmm. and would want this for me. I mean, he is just invested in her as she is in her own career. So he would not want her to know that information in the biggest match of her entire life. He wouldn't want he wouldn't want to know. So, yeah, I'm grappling and going back and forth. But I think ultimately, if he has passed and I have been able to say my goodbyes already, um, that I would not want to know until after the game. And I will consider that like um, angels on the pitch. He helped me to win that game. So that's what she said after the match, too. Um, When she found out about it, her quote was, without knowing it, I had my own star before the game even started. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she said, I know that you gave me the strength to achieve something unique. I know you've been watching me tonight. You're so proud of me. Rest in peace, Dad. So I think that she feels like they made the right decision. Ultimately, yeah. Now, there was a second way more superficial thing that happened to her that night also. Okay. What more? She won the World Cup. Her (laughs) dad died. What else is going to happen to this woman? It's all gone down to crap since then. Um, This one is way more superficial. But during the uh, celebration and the trophy, trophy presentation, Um, For the entire team, she's holding the trophy and the president of the Spanish Federation, who is considerably older than her, puts her face in his hands on worldwide TV and kisses her right on the lips. Oh, Oh, okay. Is that like a European thing? She's 23. He's, I think, in his 40s or 50s. The rest of the world is like, what is going on? And at first he said... Look, you guys are making a big deal out of nothing. This is nothing at all. Um, And he called the press idiots for even bringing attention to it. And then 24 hours after that, he totally and completely apologized for his actions. Yeah, (laughs) I bet he did. Yeah, he shut up. And she said, she even said in the moment, she's like, I didn't really love it in the moment. (laughs) But hey, guys, leave him alone. It's really not that big a deal. So it was a whirlwind 24 hours for her. Roller coaster of emotions. The Bird Show. All right, so um, to catch a cheater war of the roses, everything was just fine. He was doing all of the finances. Everything was fine. She didn't understand the finances. And then she's like, you know what? I'd like to understand them a little bit better. So she starts going over the finances. Now she's got questions about his loyalty in their marriage. Kristen's got the email. For a long time, I had taken a back seat when it came to managing or even understanding our finances. My husband has always understood that stuff better, so he has always taken the responsibility. I always trusted that the bills were paid, our savings were growing, etc. I had no reason, uh, I had no reason to trust him. I had no reason not to trust him with that. However, I recently came across a list of all of our accounts with the usernames and passwords. I've always been a bit embarrassed that I was clueless about these type of things, so I figured I would just take a few minutes and log into our accounts for a better understanding. I logged into one of our joint credit card accounts, one which we both frequently use for various expenses. As I skimmed through the list of charges, certain charges caught my attention. There were multiple expenses for some pretty upscale restaurants, places neither of us had been to. Now, it's entirely possible that these were expenses from business lunches. My husband often meets with clients and colleagues over meals. Some of these seemed too nice or just not the type of place you'd go to have a lunch meeting. In fact, I looked them all up, and one of them isn't even open for lunch. He had never mentioned a dinner meeting. When he's been home late, he would always say he was caught up at the office, and I trusted that. The worst of it all was one particular charge from a restaurant on a date that coincided with a business trip he had supposedly taken out of town. How could he have eaten at this restaurant on a date where he was supposed to be hundreds of miles away? Uh Uh-oh. Could there be a simple explanation? I just need to know what's going on here. Can you help me? Once again, here you have a resume of character, right, with your husband. For years and years and years, he's been a loyal dude. You've trusted him. So why is the default immediately to, like, he might be screwing around on me? Because he is. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know that yet. Sure we do. But can there be other things? (laughs) Like what? It's tough. I'm trying to find another explanation for my man, but I can't think of one. What if this was a business account, right? 
No, 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 no. This is their, this is not a business account. This is their shared credit card account. Mm. This is their shared. And so. Is it possible he gave somebody the card that couldn't afford a meal in a different city to use the card? But if he was in a different city, why wouldn't there be charges from that city on the card? Wouldn't be charges on the city and the card. Yeah. So he lies. (laughs) Right now. He's a liar. Yeah. Right now. He may not be a cheater, Mm -hmm. but he's a liar. (laughs) Liar, liar, pants on fire. How, How do you explain being. Hundreds of miles away from a place that your card says you were eating at. It was stolen. It was stolen. Ah. Huh? Oh, now he's the victim. We're and stolen. he didn't. And he didn't try to get the card back because he figured whoever stole it really needed it. So yep. yeah. why lock it up? Let them just use it. So it was stolen. They obviously stolen. needed lobster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was stolen, and he was being philanthropic. And uh-huh. she's like blaming him for all this. He, he should be thinking about leaving her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's toxic in there. He I, is the patron saint of infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll test him tonight. We'll try to get some answers, and we'll have her on tomorrow morning. All right, Abby, you're calling it a backhanded compliment. Yeah, one of my friends was told that uh, her other group of friends don't want to go out with her to bars because she's too hot. So I got to be honest. I, all my friends, straight tens. They are the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Oh, thank be, you, Abby. That's so sweet. You're welcome. You know, I just love, to, just love to build women up. And I thought we were friends. When's the last you time you went ten. out with her? <laughs> yeah, I'll sit over here with the fours. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, this would be great. Like, if I was into women, but as of 7, 15 a.m. today, I'm still helplessly uh, attracted to men. But I, I, all my friends are super hot. And I was catching up with one of my gal pals over the weekend, and she went on this trip with her other group of friends, you know, who are not is who aren't who don't empower her as much as I do. I love to embrace my friend's hotness because it gets me perks like, <laughs> you know, better tables at restaurants, <laughs> drinks. <laughs> Guys will come over and want to buy her drinks and I'll get to have a couple sips. Uh, sometimes I'll get the, the group of guys, uglier friends. Yeah. Like there's a lot of perks, but I will say one of the cons is that I mean, sometimes it can be a little bit of a, a hit to your self-esteem. You go out with a 10, you're a solid seven and you're like, you know what? I recognize there's a little bit of an appearance difference here and you get treated differently than say your super hot friend does but I think the the perks outweigh the cons not everybody feels that way though so one of my super hot 11 out of 10 friends is hanging out with this other group of gal pals and they were having this conversation about this new bar that had just opened up they're like it's so cool it's right on the beach there's a rooftop the cocktails are amazing the guys there are super hot we all got to do a girls night out there and the group of friends that she was out with was like oh yeah we definitely want to check that place out um just not with you and she goes what do you mean like not with me we hang out all the time like we're friends and she's like well if we go out with you we're not going to get hit on. You're only going to get hit on. Like nobody will pay attention to us if we go out with you. And she goes, that's not fair. Like we, we're a group of friends. We should all be able to enjoy the night out. And she goes, well, no, not, not at this place. If there's going to be super hot guys. (laughs) And then here's the kicker. So they're in this, they're at dinner. They're with, you know, a group of like eight girls and this girl who is talking about how she doesn't want to go out with my friend turns to her other close friend and goes, but we'll go out with you, which is such Wow, a- that's insulting. <laughs> she was like digging herself deeper and deeper yes. into this hole. I, I don't know how this, how this girl is like speaking words and not realizing how this sounds. Basically looking at my friend and saying like we're you're too hot for us to go out with you, but then turning to like the three girls next to her and being like, but we should all plan a night out. Basically saying like she's a 10, or busted AF. <laughs> so does she even have friends anymore? Um, you know what? That is to be decided. I'll let you know after the weekend. How many times have I said this? 100% in any relationship is a couple percentage points too much, man. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Brianna and ASAP Rocky have welcomed baby number two into the world. So excited for them. <laughs> You're not excited about this, Mo? It's not going to happen, Mo. I'm thinking no. it's not going to happen. I'm letting it's too it late. Go. Slowly but surely, I'm letting it go. Maybe baby number three. You could have baby number three with her. 
No, it's too late. <laughs> so Riri reportedly had her baby with ASAP in early August. And, you know, they've already got one boy named Riza. And TMZ is reporting that baby number two is another boy with a name that also starts with the letter R. And since they've already named the baby after one iconic rapper, I'm thinking of people in pop culture who also have a name that starts with an R that they could name their baby after. So I'm thinking maybe like Riff Raff, Rick Ross, <laughs> Roddy Rich, Rapunzel, Raphael, like this. Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I've got a whole baby name list that I'm trying to predict. I really want to be one of the first people to call it. I'm very excited for the both of them. As a boy mom, I, she's she's going to rock it. Um, I really wanted her to have a girl. Yeah. Just because the fashion on that baby would be right. so... Uh, and then world. she could start a baby line, a Fenty baby yes, line. Yes, because she needs more money. Yes. <laughs> no, no, we need more from Rihanna. Yes. So, it, but I would love for her to create even a children's line for little boys because little boys' clothes suck. They are so boring. It's like t-shirts and shorts. There's nothing like exciting about it. Whenever I go shopping, I'm like, oh, the girl's stuff is so much cuter. It's 2023. You can put Jimmy in some girl clothes. I 100% could, but um, I'm not. <laughs> um, also that, that kind of, I, I mean, guys don't, we don't want to be all dressed up as adults either way. So start training us early with the crappy clothes. It literally is. <laughs> because when I go to Nordstrom Rack, I was trying to find some stuff for Bart. It's like every rack is like the same. Either it's a t-shirt That's it. or yeah. it's a collared shirt. Or it's a button-up shirt. That is That's it. the whole entire range of a man's clothing. It, it's so unfair for women, man. Any, like, um, entertainment district with bars and restaurants I've ever been in around the world, it is always the same. Dudes are there in, like, either shorts or board shorts and T-shirts, and women are to the nice. Yes. <laughs> it's bananas. And I want to um, clarify for the record, when my son is able to, like, articulate and have conversations with me, if we're out shopping and he see whatever he sees that he likes and he wants to wear, regardless of gender mama's gonna get it and he can he can rock whatever he wants was that your pc disclaimer right there so 100 percent. <laughs> the trolls are already typing in your dms i, I have i have no doubt it, it, it's but let's let's talk about it for a second because as a parent and i think these things and you're so much more um cognizant and aware of how the genders are split with toys with clothings and you catch yourself like Am, am, do you not buy? Like, what do you buy? And do you have to stick to, like, the specific genders? Or if you want to get some... It's people are gonna judge either way. Remember, I told it's a you mind when we threw that party for Eliza, and she had all of her little girlfriends there, and everything was all pink. And then I was get I was fielding complaints from people saying that there weren't an, enough boys there, there were no blues, it was all pinks. I don't care. Yeah, I dress Hazel in boys' clothes all the time. Not on purpose, just because I love the dresses and fancy outfits, but they're going to get dirty in 0.5 seconds as soon as she gets outside. And she gets called a boy all the time as well. They're like, what a cute boy. She was a race car, Lightning McQueen for Halloween, and everyone thought she was a boy. And, you know, it was weird going through that because like, I kind of took it as a point of pride. I'm like, I'm dressing my kid. She wanted to be a race car. She wants shorts and T-shirts, and some days she wants dresses. But at the same time, I'm like, people, stop assuming. Yeah. Just assume because a kid has a shorts and a t-shirt on that they're a boy. It, it's so funny because Jimmy always wore gender neutral clothing as a baby um, because we didn't tell anybody what his sex was until after he was born. And everybody thought Jimmy was a girl. Just because it was gender neutral clothing mm -hmm. and it didn't have like trucks on it. I mean, until I mean, until like somewhat recently when we cut his hair, um, that the the assumption was always that Jimmy was a girl because mm -hmm. he's very pretty. <laughs> he's a very pretty boy. Okay, a Real Housewife of Atlanta found out that her husband was hiding a child for twenty six years. So during the Bravo series Sunday Night episode, Sheree Whitfield hosted a sip and see, and her ex came in with this like beautiful woman and all the other housewives were there and we're like oh my gosh like who is this lady like is this her his new woman you know she's a younger woman and it turns out that she was a child that he had been hiding for a 26 years. Sheree knew that he had had two previous children before their relationship, but this was number three. And she found out at the sip and see. It's so dramatic. Wow. It's a long time to have a child. Yeah. This season of The Bachelorette has come to an end. Did she get engaged? We'll fill you in on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show.
The Bird Show. Look, sometimes as a parent, you're in an impossible situation. Impossible situation. Maybe you have one kid that's playing in a big game in this part of the state. You got another kid that's playing in a big game in another part of the state. And you got to decide, like, which one to go to. There are, like, little decisions like that all the time when you have more than one kid. We got one Bird Show listener that emailed us a couple of days ago, and I do not envy her. She's got to pick one of the kids to take to Taylor Swift while the other one stays home. (laughs) And they're both huge Taylor Swift fans, the kids. (laughs) Hey, Bird Show. I have a huge dilemma, and I don't know how to choose between my daughters. Let me preface this by admitting that in the grand scheme of things, this problem is super (laughs) minor, and I feel so shallow being this worried about it. But here goes. Well, this is where we thrive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking to get tickets to Taylor Swift in Toronto, and I'm starting to realize that we will only be able to afford two. My girls will be 7 and 11 at the time of the concert, so an adult and only one of my children would be able to go since they are obviously too young to attend alone. And I'm a huge Swiftie, so you'll have to pry my ticket out of my cold, dead hands anyway, (laughs) LOL. Both girls are huge Swifties. Everyone is saying to take my eldest because the younger won't remember or appreciate it as much. But my youngest's favorite Taylor Swift songs are Vigilante S and I Did Something Bad. So leaving her behind is a scary prospect. Just ask Abby. (laughs) Help, what should I do? Any advice would be appreciated, especially from Abby, the resident Swifty, and all the parents of the Bird Show. Love you guys. One sad Swifty. Uh, if you guys have any ideas, have, if you've ever been in a situation, not necessarily just like this with Taylor Swift tickets, but you've had to choose between two kids, either A, what was your reasoning and why did you choose one? Or did you like pit them together in some kind of Hunger Games type situation? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I'm <laughs> What did you do as far as like competition goes? So there was a clear winner. So it would be okay with the loser of the thing. one 855 I You know what? There's no winning in this situation because no matter what you do, one of your children is going to be devastated that they are missing the concert of the decade, maybe the century. So here's the thing. you If you're going to choose one, you've got to make it up to the other in some oh, other way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe you promise her like in a certain amount of merch. Maybe you take her on a fun trip somewhere when finances are a little bit more available. Because, girl, I'm still in debt from these concerts, too. I get it. It's rough out here. So I, I really think that's the best game plan is maybe take your eldest because she will remember it more and has maybe been a Swifty longer and can appreciate the songs like Vigilante S. And then maybe take your seven-year-old on a fun little trip somewhere. Hmm. I love that we're planning this as I was looking. I'm like, when is she going to Toronto? Because I know Canada was like, please come see us. She has over a year to figure this out, and it's an issue now. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember my family taking a couple of vacations without me, and I am still bitter about it like 20 years later. I don't think you can choose. I think either none of you go, or you go with an adult friend, or you give your kids the opportunity to do things like mow yards, do housework for neighbors, and save up enough money to buy a third ticket. Mm. So you fund two of them, and they maybe you buy them each one, and they have to buy your ticket in order to go to the show. If you have a year, that's what I would do. But otherwise, I'd never be able to pick between the two. I think that is going to build resentment that won't go away. I agree. I, I still to this day remember being a kid and at the time I lived with one of my cousins and my father had to choose which one of us to take to go see a wrestling match because we were both <laughs> the biggest wrestling fans in the world and the only reason I didn't go was because I actually caught chicken pox at the, at the wrong time. So it made it easy for him. Mm-hmm. But to this day, I'm still pissed I wasn't there. I'd never let it go. Me and my cousin still debate this to this day. I don't think you can pick one. I think you have to find a way to take either both or you don't take either one. I wonder how he figured out how to inject you with chicken pox. I still to this day don't know. I still don't know, but I know he did it. Hey, Jen, good morning. You're part of the Bird Show. Hi. Hey, good morning. So had the same exact situation in Tampa. Girls were a little bit older, but discovered that single seats were way cheaper than seats together. So if she waits till it gets closer, find that single ticket within eye view of these girls. They're 7 11. They're still kind of young. Mm. But as long as they can see mom... The Taylor, the Swift people are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everyone at the, at the audience is great. They'll take care of your girls, but she'll be able to afford the third seat. Okay, so, and mm-hmm. then at this point, they'll be like eight and twelve. So, right. if, if you're within yeah, eye shot, yeah. Okay, so it's we got, got a couple rows over. Single seats, way, way, way cheaper. Huh. But isn't there something like the thing about the Taylor Swift <laughs> shows or sending your kid or bringing your kid is? 
at, at least it's been my experience watching Eliza, my soon-to-be stepdaughter, with my fiance at that concert together next to each other, yeah. experiencing mm-hmm. it was really Yes, it's of course it's the concert and it's Taylor, but it's the two of you guys doing mm. that together, right? Being in different sections or different aisles. I don't know. But if that's the only option yeah. to get both the girls there, I think it's a good one. I got to tell you, I was so siloed in on Taylor. I could have been standing next to <laughs> Joe Biden and I wouldn't have known. I was so invested in the concert. And he wouldn't have known that he was next to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the Bird Show. The Bird Show. So let me throw this question out at you guys just as a knee-jerk reaction. Would you support the idea of not being able to jump on social media until you were 18 years old? Mm. No more kids scrolling through TikTok and Instagram and whatever, right? You'd actually see your kids' eyes for the first time in six years. Um, I I say yes. I would need to do some more digging and some more Googling, but... From the headlines and the stories I have read, um, social media is not beneficial for kids. I it's, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's it has been detrimental um, as far as self esteem and um, bullying, etc. I feel like there's a lot more cons than pros when it comes to social media in our youth, and obviously, you know. And including the fact that their brains are still developing. I don't think, I mean, as adults, we can't handle all these opinions from mm-hmm. strangers. Now put yourself into the mind of a child and you're, you're dealing with that on social media. I know there's a lot of fail safe, uh, uh, fail safes in place as far as you can make it private. You can, you know, do certain things to protect them online, which I appreciate. But I think as far as waiting till you're 18... I'm not opposed to it. How many times on this show over the course of the last couple of months have I referred people to that book, The Dopamine Nation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really is telling you like the th- that dopamine addiction that your kids are going through and adults are going through also right now where you're constantly trying to get that hit of dopamine is really leading to a lot of social anxiety and depression. I just don't think the mainstream has caught up to it just yet. And let's be honest, it's so easy just to throw your phone in front of your kids and say, hey, go ahead and scroll because mom or dad has something else to do, right? I think this is sort of like when they raise the age for alcohol from like 18 to 21. Like I think regardless, like if let's say we make it for 18 year olds, I still think kids are going to find some way to get on social media. And instead of making it more of like, how can we improve this and how can we put more fail safes? I think it's just going to lead to more people Mm. doing it in private and for a lot of kids having to hide it. So we don't normally talk politics on this show, um, but in a case like this, we're going to this morning because I think it's really important because we've got two senior Georgia Republicans that want to do this very thing, make it law that kids under 18 can't be on social media. And one of them is Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones, who has been on the Burt Show before. And we wanted to get some more info on this one. Good morning, Mr. Jones. How are you today? Hi, good morning, guys. Uh, good to be with you and uh, good to be on the bird show you know how can i not want to come on the show? <laughs> there are plenty of reasons <laughs> plenty of reasons so explain um the reasoning behind this bill and exactly what it would do in georgia well i mean i think y'all hit it perfectly you know uh, before right before you uh, introduced me here and look i've got two children i got a 14 11 year old and it is uh it is scary times right now to be a parent be honest with you i'm not into but i think uh we need to have some parameters put in place uh, uh, for some of these uh, entities, these platforms uh, that, uh, you know, that, that we need to hold them accountable for uh, the things that, that, you know, they can, our children can access uh, through their platforms because, as you said, uh, the, you know, there's so much, uh, there's so many good things that come from social media, but there's a lot of bad things that come from social media, like, like the bullying aspect of things and like, uh, you know, people trolling, uh, bad actors who are trolling and, and, and trying to take advantage of our children right now. And, and, uh, and we, uh, uh, Senator Jason Amatari is the one that's going to introduce the bill and, and we're going to work with the, you know, people like Google and people like Meta and, and some other social, big social platforms uh, to try to uh, craft legislation that, that makes sense, that uh, empowers parents, but it also makes sense uh, to try to protect children as well. So that's the, that's the, the essence behind it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think, I think it's something that, 
uh, we've got to be caught doing as, as lawmakers. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, I don't like regulating uh, private businesses, but uh, something as important as trying to p- protect our youth, I think it's necessary for us to do it. So, Lieutenant Governor, how would this work? Um, yeah, how are you going to make sure that there aren't minors that are going on social media? What are you trying to put in well, place? You know, I mean, obviously, we're, we're the, obviously you're going to put some some uh, technical safeguards in place where the you know, it's going to be uh, got to have parents, uh, you know, approval, you know, and uh, and that's going to and that uh, will require some other steps that you already see some some platforms taking. Like my kid, he plays Xbox, you know, and. And uh, you know, and and you have to put uh, the date of birth and things of that nature in there already, uh, you know, for them to access certain games. But I think what we're going to do is work with some of those big platforms and look at some other steps to go in place to try to um, build to make sure that when kids are getting on platforms, they they truly have uh, their parent or their guardian approval. Uh, before they can get on those, those certain platforms. I think your intent might be great, but what makes you think that you can go to, like, a Meta or a Google and they're going to support something like this when they're making money off all these kids? Yeah, well, you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, we reached out to them, and, 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 they, and the ones that we had talked to were very receptive and, and, and were interested in, and, uh, in, in trying to partner with this and help craft it. So, um, so I, uh, we, we've had a good... Um, initial conversation with them and uh and i think uh i think that's the best way to try to uh you know uh, craft something like this is, is get with the industries that are that are in that business and uh and 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 because look uh, anytime you're not you're not going to govern there's no government entity that's going to get ahead of uh uh you know the technology aspect of, of what we're of the world we're living in but uh but i think um them giving us some good guidelines and information are some things that, that is helpful. And then, uh, and then when we finalize the legislation, we'll see what it looks like. Lieutenant Governor, when this legislation, if it goes through, I see that it's a, a looking, we're looking at 2024. Do you envision it being any children who are signing up from that point forward, or do you envision it being retroactive across all platforms? Well, yeah, that's a good question, and uh, that's something that, uh, it, that it remains to be seen. But I mean, we will we will definitely put some teeth in uh, to the uh, teeth in it, meaning some uh, ways of us being able to uh, go after the platforms that, that ignore, you know, Georgia law, and uh, and so we will uh, it will it will go into place. Probably probably wouldn't be able to go into place until you know summer of twenty four. Uh, if it if it passes through the legislation this January, All right, Lieutenant Governor, we got to take off. But so, if people wanted to follow along with this proposed bill, what is the name of it, and how can they Google it? Uh, right now, it's the Cyberbullying Bill, and uh, and and uh, has not been assigned a number. But I'll uh, be happy to come back on your show uh, when it does get assigned a number, and and uh, would love to have y'all to help and and trying to promote it because I do think it's important. Like I said, it's a uh, Having a 14, 11 year old, I know the, I know uh, firsthand uh, the all the things that are at the fingertips of our children right now, and it's, it's uh, like I said, it's uh, a lot of a uh, lot of things that are that are good about social media, but there's a whole lot of things that are that are bad and uh, and something that I think we ought to address. And so, uh, would love to come on when it gets a little closer into the first of the year. And it's Bird Show, the Bird Show.